This week's podcast is brought to you by, well, us, really. Um, we have an extra podcast available through our site at Patreon, where you can subscribe from as little as $1 a month, and all the money that you donate through there goes to pay for all our expenses on the show, things like software, web hosting, microphones, you know, you name it. You can get it by going to www.patreon.com slash three legs four wheels. You can sign up there. We've done about 131 shows so far. We do an extra one every week. And if for some reason you want to hear more of us, you can do there. Right. Time for the podcast. And welcome to this week's Three Legs, Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with... Dan, Chris and Lee. How are we all doing? All right. Yeah, yeah not bad, thanks. British Grand Prix week, isn't it? It is. We're all looking forward to our home race. Well, but technically that's the TT, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think home so. Formula One race. If it's going to be around for much longer, that is. We'll find out... Well, we'll probably find out in the jump cut that will come in. So far, no contract announcement has been made. However, if there has been since we recorded this podcast... I will, he- I will be telling you about it round about now. <laughs> Great. So, you either heard a jump cut just then, or me clapping to say where the jump cut would be, so I'll be able to make the mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there have been there have been a couple of, couple of sites... Thanks and- for that, Paul. Or not. Or not. <laughs> there has been a, uh, there have been a couple, couple of websites and um, one slightly disreputable newspaper claim that the deal's already been done and it's going to be a multi-year contract. The disreputable newspaper being the Daily Mail, so make of that what you will. The, the thing is, there's, there's, there's a huge thing with, with Formula One at the moment, isn't there? The Italian Grand Prix is not one of the Grand Prix being considered under threat for next year's calendar. But there's no contract been signed. All that's been uh, uh, agreed, there's a verbal agreement in place. Yeah. Uh, but it's not considered under threat. There are two new Grand Prix uh, being added to the calendar for next year, but it still can't expand 21 officially. Uh, that Obviously, the Hanoi uh, street circuit and the Dutch Grand Prix at Zandvoort, which is rumored to be taken over from Spain. The four Grand Prix which are under um, threat are Spain, Mexico, Britain, and Germany. Now, Germany's fallen off the calendar a few times before um, for a number of years. I'm and just glad it's not Spa again. That would be all very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I get that, that was a long shot, that one. how funny I am. You don't find it funny. Other people do. Didn't know your mum was on Facebook? No, she doesn't listen to the podcast <laughs> either. Spanish Grand Prix... Um, <sighs> I don't want to see it go, but apparently that's where the Dutch Grand Prix is going to sit in the calendar. Well, um, Barcelona has already signed a contract with Formula One to have the pre-season test next mm-hmm. year. But that's that Regard- doesn't mean you're having a race. Rega- regardless of whether there's a race or not. Mm. And then you've got Mexico. It's a funding issue with the Mexican Grand Prix. Um, the, the money that they were going to be getting from the government, the government now turned around and gone, no. We're building a railway but, instead, I think it was. But I would ver- be very surprised to see... A South American or Central or North American Grand Prix 
uh, geography fans, whichever North one's American. correct. Um, <laughs> non- being, Non-European. Being taken away and replaced with a European one. Yeah, uh, but that's... You know, well, wonder, it's not as being replaced with an Asian one. I was going to say, I wonder if that's where Hanoi is going to sit. Uh, in roughly where the Mexican mm. Grand Prix, if if the Mexican Grand Prix goes, of course the the other one being Silverstone, um, which is of course held off on its contract talks with the with the the owners of Formula One purely because, uh, mm. yeah, there were there was talk of a London street circuit, and they thought that if there were two Grand Prix in Britain, that that would harm the reputation of of, of, of Silver, not not necessarily in Britain, but two Grand Prix in close proximity in England, because London and um, Silverson aren't really that far away from each what, other. 150 miles, something like that. Yeah, but in terms of the world, yeah, you know, I don't think it's. I don't think it's even 150. Um, I'd probably say it was closer to about 80 or 90, something like that. But yeah, the um, it wasn't even going to be like a central London circuit they were talking about, was it? it was no, it's going to be around. Uh, it's going to be the circuit that they're using for Formula E at the end of next season, which is Croydon, is it? No, uh, Docklands. Oh, okay, around Excel Centre. Excel Centre. Yeah, no, let's not. Don't do that, please. The thing is, though, if it's if they're using what they're using for a Formula E circuit, I'll say now it's not going to be anywhere near suitable suitable for Formula One because it'll be one and a third too car, narrow, one and a third cars wide, and made entirely of hairpins and chicanes. Well, essentially, yeah. Um, Anyone see the Swiss Formula One race? Formula E. Formula E race. Sorry. Nope. Not yet. <laughs> 54 seconds before the first red flag because everybody crashed at the um, at the opening chicane. It's not what you want in a circuit. No. Oh, it's weird, isn't it? Like, I mean, are they just making the... Are, are they making the tracks too tight? But then then again, we do it at Monaco. Is this because that they're not using proper racing tyres so they don't have proper grip? Well, what what happened with the uh, what happened with the Bern E-Prix was it was meant to be in Zurich, but um, the local government in Zurich said... There's already too much going on in the city for the few weeks before, and mm-hmm. we just physically can't cope with the infrastructure yeah. with with everything that they needed to do. Because obviously, there's closing roads, putting the putting the barriers up, yeah. marking out the circuit. So Burn stepped in and said, "We'll host the race. Here's here's where it is." And Formula E had no choice but to go. Yeah, we still want a race in Switzerland. Shit, that'll have to do. Mm. And it was it was a last minute slap together. And the first corner was a sharp hairpin. Uh, no, the first the first corner was a really tight chicane. All oh, right, chicane. I didn't win the Formula One poetry comp- the Formula E poetry competition. No, I saw that you didn't win it. No, no, no. Okay, I don't enough. understand why. Did you get an honourable mention? No. no. For the benefit of everyone, everyone that didn't see your tweet, what what was the poem? Roses are red, violets are blue. Your cars are too slow. I'll stick to F one or F two. <laughs> <laughs> GP2 engine. Um, so, so, yeah. So, does that mean if Alonso goes into Formula E next year and the car's too slow, he's going to say Formula F? Yeah. <laughs> the, I uh, think a Formula Fernando would suit Fernando down to the ground, actually. <laughs> Why do you think he's got Team Fart up and running? <laughs> yeah, the Fernando Alonso racing team. There's also the Fernando Alonso karting team. Don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, that's an actual thing. Yeah. No, it's a fact. Yeah. Uh, Come on, I set it up. You could have at least taken my spare. <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of it's fact, um, but the uh, we've got a start. I've completely date. thrown you know, haven't I? No, no, we've got a start date for twenty twenty though, haven't we? Because we know where and when the season is starting next year. Australia, as usual, in middle of March, right yeah. in the middle, fifteenth, I think, is the uh, weekend. But we've not seen we've not seen a provisional calendar yet because there's that much contract contractual shenanigans going on. Mm. Try saying that after three decent coffees. <laughs> but it's the seventieth. 
Is it the 70th season or the 70th anniversary of the first season of it'll, Formula it'll One? It'll be the 70th anniversary of the first season, so then they can have another celebration in 2021 for season seven. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm lost. I'm confused. <laughs> I feel like Formula E had built quite a lot of momentum going into this year, and it seems to have squandered quite a lot of it. Yeah. Just by bad circuits. But bad, but bad circuits. Uh, Gen I, two cars looked good as well. They I still look good. But I, I, mean. I think it's all down to the media side of it, like the promotion. I think promotion is still like woeful. It's not. It's not as bad as it was. No, but you still, you still get the thing of like when a race is on and what channel they're on, unless unless you can. Is it? Is it? The, does the red button have them all on? No, sometimes they're on the BBC website or. Connected television app, right? Yeah, okay. But they're all live on Eurosport, right? I thought I thought there was someone that was that they were all live, but which just oh. to com- just to confuse things for anyone with Sky isn't part of the sports package on a Sky subscription because it's on it? documentaries, documentaries because so, it's owned by the Discovery Channel. So if we get going back to Formula One, if we get twenty one races next year. No, no expansion on the calendar. Uh, obviously, the Dutch Grand Prix and the Vietnamese Grand Prix are going to be a thing. Mm. Which two of the four under threat would you personally drop? Uh, Monza and um, Germany. Paul, um, Monza and Mexico. Mexico. Oh, Mexico's one. Oh, it's not yeah, usually Mexico a- tends to have. Not particularly good racing, yeah. yeah but it's, it's usually, a great event. Yeah, yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? It's a wonderful event going through the the baseball stadium, and they, they really do try to have a good, you know, a good atmosphere in Mexico. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll it's one of the mine. races I'd love to visit. Yeah, yeah, I'll change my Mexico and Germany. Mexico and Germany. Yeah, you've really, you've really got it in for the German Grand Prix since you went. Well, it's is it Nurburgring or Hockenheim? Hockenheim. I oh, see. I don't mind Hockenheim. Yeah, they used to alternate it, and now Nurburgring's and yeah. just just not, not not ready. Hasn't got the money. Yeah. I mean, Monza's not particularly good racing, generally. No, is it, is Hockenheim the circuit that has the giant Mercedes logo planted in the middle of it? Yes, they own yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So mm, Mercedes money may be mm. keeping Hockenheim afloat. Well, what was it? Um, two years ago, when the last time the German Grand Prix wasn't on the calendar, Mercedes offered to pay all the promotion costs. And they were turned down, weren't they? Bernie turned them down. Oh right, wow! Because when the provisional calendar came out, Germany wasn't on it, and there was a gap where it could have been before the calendar got finalised. Yeah, um, yeah. Mercedes allegedly offered to pay the um, full promotion and licensing fees mm. that uh, whoever the promoter of the German Grand Prix is couldn't afford because uh, it was it was Hockenheim's turn and didn't happen that must be when bernie was caught in like afghanistan or some other completely well, unsuitable country you've, for you've just reminded me <laughs> of something talking about bernie eccleston a headline i read earlier and sort of laughed at and then thought i'll read that later and didn't read it so i'm now having a look at the uh, uh, stories for bernie eccleston may have been satire i'm not entirely sure but it was something on the lines of bearing in mind Ber- anything to do with bernie is usually beyond satire it was something along the lines of if somebody tried to shoot vladimir putin i'd stand in front of him so, uh, well, I hope he's only trying to shoot his leg. <laughs> well, yeah, that, there is that Bernie. He's quite small, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, apparently, the, it's the internet's just stopped working. So, you so imagine, you'll have to wait for verification. Could on you that. imagine being the assassin that uh, shoots Bernie Eccleston, and he goes back to back to like Assassin HQ? He's like, 
what are the chances, guys? <laughs> I got them both. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a really confusing situation for next season because, you know, we don't, we don't even... Normally, we know from year to year what countries are going to be on the calendar. Yeah. And I mean, we lost the Malaysian Grand Prix, and it was a, it was okay. But do we have we have we missed it? Have we gone? Oh, I wish the Malaysian Grand Prix was on the circuit this year, like on the calendar. Not greatly, no. But I do remember missing the Belgian Grand Prix when it wasn't on for what was it? Two years? A year? <coughs> I think I think it was only a year they missed out. And pardon me for coughing. <coughs> Still, because they were going to alternate it, weren't they, with the French Grand Prix for a while? Yeah. Spa and um, one year at Spa, one year at uh, Manicure. Yeah. Yeah, whatever happened to the Manico circuit? Is that just sort of fallen into complete disrepair now? Because you don't actually see that in any, seemingly see it in any other series. Uh, I it, don't know because that used to throw up some good races, mm, didn't it? Yeah, and it, it it was touted as a possible returner for the um, French Grand Prix before they decided on Paul Ricard, owned um, by a certain Mister B Eccleston. Mm. No, nope. uh, bearing in mind, Can we not get rid of that. <laughs> what ink? Yeah, well, I, I think that's going to happen eventually. But before that, can we get rid of the poor record circuit? Can I read things from the internet, please? Of course you can. Uh, from the internet, The Times, Bernie Eccleston, if someone wanted to shoot Vladimir Putin, I'd stand in their way. Uh, related coverage, Yahoo Finance, 11 hours ago, Bernie Eccleston wants Putin to be dictator of Europe. <laughs> yeah, I was right. Bernie is beyond satire. Um, just while we're talking, while we're talking about the French Grand Prix, there was um, there was a story came out this week that apparently NBC is looking at getting the, the US TV rights back. Yeah, from ESPN, and um, this oh no. this is the best reply ever because people people like the ESPN coverage for the lack of commercials, which is something new for F one in the states. Yeah, something new for television, isn't it? Well, in yeah, the states, pretty much. <laughs> and um, this got. Got a tweet. I tweeted the story out, and uh, I think it was JLT replied. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as all the season's commercials are during the Fre- during the French Grand Prix, and they keep the rest commercial free, that wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, get get rid of, get rid of France. I wish. Yeah, I mean, I'd be. Have, have has F1 TV sorted itself out now? It's slowly coming slowly to it. I mean, there. you you can now watch um, you can now watch is it the historical stuff you can watch from the Isle of Man? Now? Yeah, but you can't watch live events. You can't still. watch you can't watch live events anywhere in the UK on it. Yeah, and you can now watch the highlights. Sometimes you might have to reboot your router a couple of times because they still don't have all the Isle of Man's IP addresses available for right, okay. unblocking. So it works depending on what mood it's in. But and I know everyone. I know everyone's been like, oh, "VPN, come on, guys!" Yeah. Like, yeah, I know that, but come on, it's, it's but not it always. It's not. It's not the be all end all, is it? The VPN, though, because like if you as for streaming services and stuff like that, sometimes it don't work for certain apps. Yeah, they? a lot. You know? of, well, a lot yeah. of streaming services are now finding out the IP addresses. We're getting very technical, yeah. but they're now finding out. Um, if somebody's coming through on a certain connection through a certain IP address, oh, they're using a VPN, we'll block that load of IP addresses yeah. for everyone so nobody gets it. Yeah. And the, the true test of how well F1 TV is working at the moment will be, uh, certainly for me, in round about 10 days' time when my subscriptions annual subscription's up for renewal. Right. I, I, Last I wanna... year, I had to ring a mate of mine and get him to sign up with my details. Because it, it wouldn't accept it from over here, even though wow. it had okay. done it the year before. 
I want it to work and to work well. Like if 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 you can subscribe to F1 TV mm-hmm. and you're able to watch all the practice sessions, uh, you know, build ups, race, qualifying, the whole lot, and you know, you know, exclusive interviews, all access to all the historical stuff, I'd quite happily pay for it. Yeah, but I'm not paying anything for it whilst I can't get the current up-to-date live live races. It's no, just not happening. No, no. Right? I mean, it's very it is very cheap, isn't it, in the UK? We only we only pay twenty quid for the twenty quid a year for the yeah, yeah. historical and highlights coverage. And what is it? Is it ten pound ten dollars a month? You've got to wait twenty four hours, haven't you? You've got to wait twenty four hours for the highlights to come out. It's different in every country. Oh, is it? All right, okay. Yeah, um, they've F one have set different prices depending on what country you sign up in. Right. Okay. So, so it's what, what, whatever the good markets are, they're going to try and screw the people that want to watch it. And for, and some, for some reason, the cheapest country to get it in Europe is apparently Holland. Is it really? Yeah. That's I weird. wonder why. Did you know the Dutch like F1? <laughs> they do now. <laughs> <laughs> I would say hello to everyone in the Netherlands that's listening in Dutch, but I can't speak Dutch when I'm sober, so I'm not going to bother. Well, if I you just say hello. Yeah. That's international enough. Pretty much, but uh, also a lot of Dutch people speak English, so they should understand you. A lot of Dutch people speak English better than any of us. It's always been one of my favourite words, the Netherlands, because it doesn't sound like a place that should be in real earth. It sounds like it should be a place that should be right next to Mordor. Well, it used to be called the the, <laughs> the, the Low Countries, didn't it? Which yeah. was um, when the Spanish owned it, and it became the Spanish Netherlands, yeah. because it was so far removed from Spain. History. Uh, You're listening to History Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You know that history today? That's what you are. (laughs) (laughs) Nice joke. Yeah, very much so. Very, very much so. Uh, Shall we move on? Yeah. Yes, please. It says McLaren next on here. Um, Rumours, conjecture. Is Alonso still part of anything to do with them? We said, and then we spoke about last week, that he had left McLaren as a driver, and then we were talking all about where he was going to go, what he was up to. The following day, however, both Zach Brown and Fernando Alonso, well, Fernando Alonso didn't deny it, he basically denied it, and Zach Brown did deny it. So they both supplied it. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> that's two laps I've got tonight, I've made me quarter. Three. Yeah, that's it now. <laughs> This this is why I'm now keep, keeping that um, microphone boom arm permanently on my desk, just in case there's more jump cuts next Tuesday, every Tuesday. Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a few movements going on at at, at McLaren. Um, doesn't look like Alonso's left as such, but he doesn't look like he's going to be doing any more driver commitments. I mean, the, for the, the rest of the year, the story about him not driving the car again was six weeks ago. When, that may have been snowballed into something else, which was then retweeted as an article, and somebody picked up on it, and and yeah, it was. We apologise for providing you with fake news, because <laughs> <laughs> that's essentially what it was. Yeah. I think we'll we'll call it jumping to conclusions while we got our facts wrong at the same time. Fake yeah. news. Yeah. I mean, basically, what uh, what Andreas Seidel has said is that the testing that they're doing for the rest of the season is going to concentrate on um, Lando and Carlos. Because they're getting so much out of the car and it's proving it by the results they're getting. Mm. And yes, but Fernando was their reserve driver and now isn't. Yeah, Sergei Sorokin is now their official reserve driver. Mm. Because Fernando's not going to be there at every Grand Prix weekend. Apparently Sorokin is. And Well, he wasn't going to be when they originally booked yeah. him. No, but Seidel yeah. uh, wasn't team manager when they agreed that with Alonso. No. 
and now Andrea Seidel is because Seidel was still on gardening leave from his previous job. But I still, I still find it interesting that um, Seidel came out and said that he thinks that Alonso is the greatest driver in the history of motorsport. That could be a golden thank you. Maybe. Like, like, thanks very much. You're a legend. Now yeah. Get out my team. Uh, also, I, McLaren just isn't. Isn't that, isn't that what Frank Williams used to say to anyone that brought home a world championship? Pretty much. Yeah, probably. But um, you're. I don't think you're going to see Fernando back in a McLaren anyway, because it's even though they're on the upward trajectory. I mean, what are we looking? Oh, 2021 probably. If we if there's a big rule change for them to make a proper jump, because. As as well as they're doing, let's not forget they're still a lap down on the leaders. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's and Fernando Alonso to come back into Formula One wants a race winning championship contending car. Yeah, there's there's only two there's only two cars that mm-hmm. he would consider driving because I don't I don't think we can count Red Bull as a race winning championship contending car. No, I don't think so. You know, it's a race winning car when the opportunity is presented to him. Yeah. However, the Mercedes and the Ferrari are the only real to that you can say one of those will win yeah and have a high degree of I also don't think it. I don't think he'd go into a team with with Max Verstappen as a teammate no there is that as well I um, mean even, even if he could beat Max Verstappen which I'm sure he could I think he'd probably have a good go at beating Max Verstappen over the course of a season um it would just be like a TNT levels of work environment yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know you, you get Jos going up to him so, hey, you see those uh See those crates of hats you've got out the back? They look a bit flammable, don't they? <laughs> Four. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but the, the, there are movements on the other side of, of, of McLaren as well. Yeah, I mean, um, one thing that we do know for certain is that Pat Fry has now left, but he was only in an interim role anyway yeah. while uh, Seidel was able to take, yeah. take the job. Yeah, that Pat seems Fry, to had be... success at Ferrari and Williams. And not Manor. Yeah. And not Manor. Was he also, was he part of not Manor? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. But okay. he's also, he's a designer as well, isn't he, Pat Fry? And they've got James Key in there too, so... Well, Pat Fry was interim. That's yeah. what Paul's saying. You know, yeah, he was, I mean, he Pat, was, yeah. Pat Fry permanent. was kind of doing Seidel and Key's mm. roles before they could actually officially take up the places with the team. Yeah. Now that both of those are in the team and settled in... There's no point. There's... It's turned into a story, isn't it? It's turned into like a proper clickbaity story. Like the every every headline about it is like McLaren lose Fry. So, not really. Yeah. yeah not, but, not losing Fry. No. The, they were never, never going to keep him anyway. No, so no. you know, it's it's not. It's you know, like fish and chips loses wrapper. Mm. Yeah. I think you were right before when we were talking. Uh, it's off. a shame, really. The rapper was the best part of that band. <laughs> <laughs> Worst new metal band ever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's not the accolade you want, is it? Um, Can I just point out that International Joke Day was last Monday? <laughs> Five. It's just late. We're late for it. We are. We are. Um, yeah, we're, we're a lap down. I I think you were right when we were talking off uh, off the pod before that Williams was probably a likely place for Fry to end up. Well, that's the thing, because they are, they're now officially um, technical directorless. Mm. And apparently they've started, their, according to some reputable sources, they have now begun their search to replace Paddy Lowe. I would argue that they're technically directionless. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, I, would, I would agree with that. But now beginning your search to replace Paddy Lowe, when he hasn't been with the team since before Australia, seems a bit strange. But it's it, it's one of those bizarre employment law situations, isn't it? Because you, can, you can't 
you can't make someone redundant and look for a replacement. You have to wait until they actually leave. So if he was under threat of redundancy, mm. they couldn't try and but you go out still and actively. Search. You could still look on Google. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Maybe the maybe the word doing you know incognito browsing is a wonderful thing. <laughs> Ask yes. Lee. Yes, it is. <laughs> so you reckon William's approach to hiring a technical director was to search Google for technical Formula directors. One technical directors. Yeah, or just help. <laughs> <laughs> they need somebody. They do. Um, uh, the, another story that's kind of... Uh, I'm trying not to. I'm really trying not to. <laughs> I, got, I got the joke. I got it. The, um, the other story coming out of Williams, which is kind of unsubstantiated at the moment is that they could be considering dropping Mercedes engines for Renault engines um, purely because uh, Mercedes suggests that uh, gearbox that is bolted to the Mercedes engine is manufactured in a way that Williams don't agree with. So it seems a little bit cutting your nose off to spite your face. A little bit, yeah. But um, I don't know, maybe Williams would have a better relationship the third time round with Renault. Third, at least the third if not the fourth. Do we count Mechachrome? Well, that was a a continuation, wasn't it, really? It was a continuation run by Flavio Briatore. Mm. Yeah, but Play Life and, and, and a second podcast in Rome mentioned Play Life. Play Life and Mechachrome were Renault engines that were supplied by Flavio, Flavio Briatore. Briatore. Yeah. yeah. Just rebadged. With one of his companies on them. Yeah. Oh, and Mechachrome actually supply all the F2 engines. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't. Did not know that. So every day's a school day. <laughs> I mean, if the if the thing about the Mercedes engine and Williams is true, um, right? They are three to four seconds off the pace at the moment. You put a slower engine in the car that's in the works team a second back are they going uh, to how don't much know. more time are Williams going to lose I'm not sure it'll make any difference because I think it's that downforce is their issue and the, the Renault's clearly made steps forward and we, we're seeing the uh, like the McLarens ahead of Mercedes in speed traps and, and but the, the thing the, is uh, there's been a couple of races this season or certainly practice and qualifying sessions mm-hmm. where we've seen Williams at the top of the speed traps yeah that, that's why I don't think it'll make any difference because uh, I mean it's downforce isn't yeah, it yeah the difference between um, McLaren and Williams are McLaren managed to have make a slippery car which has still got downforce you know it's where Renault is lacking behind McLaren is they don't have the downforce level but they've managed to make it slippery in a straight line. Williams is slippery in a straight line because it doesn't have the downforce. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it make any difference. Um, again, like, I, I think it would only be a good thing for Renault. I still think Renault will end up, is going to end up bowing out of the sport again and just continuing to be an engine manufacturer. I mean, as a team, but yeah, until yeah. they until they get fed up with just doing that, then they'll pull that for a couple of years, and then they'll come back again. Even, it's, like, it's, that's Dan, the way they work. Daniel yeah. Ricciardo was looked at. Um, he said, "I post Austrian Grand Prix, so we like the way the McLaren package looks." Yeah, that's what we that's what we're aiming for, and it's interesting that McLaren have as a Renault customer mm. uh, appear to be getting more out of their whole package, not yeah. just the engine, but the, the, the whole package than the actual Renault team themselves. It doesn't necessarily mean that if Williams switch to, to Renault, that that's going to change Williams' no. situation. But R- Ricardo also said today in a different interview that he's starting to worry that there's a fundamental issue with the Renault car. Mm. 
Um, I I do find it. I know it's silly season, but I find it interesting that he's come out and said there's a fundamental issue with the uh, with the Renault car uh, a few days after he's been linked with Ferrari and an exit. Uh, yes, because it doesn't. It's not the sort of thing you expect to hear a driver, especially you know, especially someone that's the, the lead driver getting paid gip loads of cash to be there. Mm. You would think that would be something that he didn't need to say. Yeah, but at the moment, everybody's linked to Ferrari. Everyone's yeah, but Max, Max has got his um, exit clause. Lewis Hamilton was photographed getting out of his personalised LaFerrari this week, so that sent the sent the gossip muggers into mm-hmm. a, a tailspin. Well, he had to ask if it was okay for him to own a LaFerrari and Mercedes. Went, yeah, it's fine. It's yeah. to do with us. He, he bought a car. Yeah. yeah. Um, didn't Rosberg just buy a McLaren, a new McLaren? Is it beige? I think it might be. It's, it's, like, it's like a coppery colour, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's actually not that far <laughs> away from being beige, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think that that matters too really. I, I realistically, I think regardless of all the talk that's going around, there's only really two, may, arguably three, realistic options for Ferrari next year. Being Ricard- leave Formula One, four realistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ricardo, Alonso, uh, or go go back and stick Raikkonen back in the car for a year. Maybe, yeah. I, I'm not sure that that Vettel's going anywhere yet. Ah, uh, he's just because that, that that's who we're looking at. Isn't it? We're looking we're looking at Vettel leaving. I mean, he's only just turned 32. Uh, he'll know that he's got plenty of years ahead of him. He, I, I don't, I could possibly see him taking a year out. You know, Prost style. Or I just wonder whether his reputation's good enough to come back now. Yeah, he's not a happy man, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to go next year. No. I mean, maybe he'll just go to another team. You know. I'd... Sauber. <laughs> I don't know. Renault. If... I liked Kimmy so much, I want to be his teammate again. They're like, not called Sauber anymore. They're called Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Maybe maybe he'll do a Kimmy and go back to the first team that he... Oh, hang on. No, that was Sauber. Yeah. Technically speaking, yeah. <laughs> well, don't forget, there's even talks, isn't there, about Max Verstappen going to Mercedes. So... Um... If he might be able to go home, he was, he's been seen talking to Red Bull mechanic, but I don't think that means anything. No, Christian, Horn, everybody Christian talk, Horner talked about that in an interview, saying that like, he's friends with us all. Well, yeah, everybody says you know the, the paddock is like it's like a moving circus, isn't mm-hmm. it? You know, like you pick up, you go somewhere else, you put down, and then within like hours, everybody that you just said goodbye to a week ago, not yeah. even a week ago, five days ago in France, is there in Austria. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And then you move from Austria a couple of weeks later. You know, this weekend they'll all they'll all be there again, and so you're gonna say hi to the guys you see, the Renault guys, and the you know, yeah, Mercedes and, and stuff like the that. The only don't are... think Christian Horner says hi to a lot of the Renault guys. No. Probably not. No. <laughs> the only the only thing I'd say back to that is I was surprised reading Priestley's book that um, it doesn't seem to be that way. That when drivers leave the teams, mechanics don't tend to like be friends with drivers you know it's it's just on to the next driver and yeah. the driver is on to well, the next well it's like when team. Lewis went in to say hello to McLaren when his first day with mm-hmm. Mercedes they stopped her from going in the garage and your arrival get out yeah, yeah. Mm. although there was the time that he pulled into the wrong pit yeah there was that yeah <laughs> but then you got the opposite of that and Rob, Rob Smedley who just seemed to follow Massa yeah but I, th- I mean you 
I think you get that, don't you? You get it especially in MotoGP quite a lot with teams of people going with it. Yeah. And again, I mean, that Jock, was a Jock, Jock Clare followed Jack Villeneuve around his, more or less his entire career from Williams. Yeah, but that was another Priestley thing, wasn't it, where he, he almost moved to Ferrari with Kimi, um, but it stayed at McLaren. Because the atmosphere was better. God, how bad was the atmosphere at Ferrari? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, have we got any other thoughts about the silly season? Because we might, we might, we might as well just sort of descend this into complete madness. I don't think. I mean, do we think Hubert is going to see the rest of the year out? No. Do we think Nicholas Latifi is going to get the seat? I think he probably will. Um, I, th- I think I think could see the rest of the year out because I'm not sure Williams are in the position of chopping and changing drivers around at the moment. But if Latifi's got money anyway. And they've got the option to do it, and it's not going to lose them a great deal of money, and uh, it might serve to save some sort of embarrassment, especially if they're they're not doing well, but they are coming back towards the midfield. So is it a realistic possibility that sort of towards the end of the season there might be a half a chance of nicking a point somewhere? I think it's a realistic chance at I the think, mi- minute to see George Russell in the points. I think you would see a possibility of um, Kubica being swapped out for two or three races and then maybe coming back in. You know, much like they swapped Rio Harianto out, didn't they, for yeah. Ocon? And then Harianto came I, back. I think if he's gone, he's gone. Like, Yeah, but that's what I mean. I think yeah. it, you know, it'll just be the, the, the comeback will be so poor. It'll be like, well, actually, we'll put Latifi in for the rest of the season. So I think you might see a, a seat acrimoniously shared for the, I, from I, mid-season onwards. I think onwards. if he goes, he goes, and it'll be... They can spin it in a way then of like, oh, the comeback hasn't been what what he wanted it to be, and mm. uh, but he's not given up on returning to Formula One at a different time. And then there'll be a press release that says he's got other options within Formula One, you know, chef. I don't know, um, sous chef. Gro- surely Grosjean's got that covered. Yeah, <laughs> he might need Six. to next year. <laughs> yeah, so. I am going to keep. I am going to keep counting. You know, silly so, season, like silly, silly season for Grosjean. I think is a bleak place. I don't know if George Russell's going to move up to um, Mercedes just yet, but I did he sign a two-year contract with Williams anyway? Multi, yes, multi-year deal. Multi-year deal with Williams, but, right? Bottas had a had a uh, thing with. But for twenty twenty, he's a, Kubitz is out. He's not there. He's not Kubitz there. Is, he's think, not there Australia next year, is he? I think no. George Russell is going to have Bottas' seat next year, possibly, Unle- unless someone like Vettel or Verstappen. Maybe not even Vettel, but unless like Verstappen becomes available for them, hmm. because uh, Hamilton is he's at the peak of his career right now. We don't know how long that career is going to go on for, and it would be foolish of Mercedes to not be not looking past him, but thinking that they need at some, some point someone that they can trust. Should Lewis Hamilton's form dip, or should or he, he does a Rosberg? Yeah. Uh, someone that they can plug in. Um, I think it will it would be foolish to have or if if Bottas carries on like he seems to be going to get. Well, carry na- on. naturally, then surely Robert Kubica should just fill that seat if With- Hamilton leaves. Because <laughs> Kubica would win, wouldn't he, if he was in a Mercedes? Well, obviously, because it, well, unless he was in a Mercedes and George Russell had the other Mercedes <laughs> and they and and they sabotaged. Kibitz's car, as I read mm, a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it would be sensible 
Bless you. For, I think it's telling that the rumours of them getting rid of Ocon are there. Yeah, uh, that that could. It's not a rumour of them getting rid of Ocon. What he would be Toto Wolff has said is pretty much if he wants to look somewhere else, we will release him. Yeah, yeah. We're, we'd we'd rather have him driving in Formula One than. But not driving in Formula One because he's a Mercedes his, guy. If you love his driving style, set him free. If he loves you, he'll come back and drive for you. But that's, Pretty much, yeah. But if you read between the between the lines of that, him saying, oh, if he gets an opportunity to drive for another team, we'll, we'll release him. If you read between the lines of that, that's him saying that's, he's not he's, driving a Mercedes. He's not yeah, going possibly. into the he Mercedes could, team and he probably doesn't want to go into the Williams team. No, and there's nothing be, in the I think they've lost in the racing faith point in him. Team. I think he could take that Renault seat. I think he could take the right. Yeah. I think he could take the Haas seat as well. I think he could take a Haas seat because let's be moving up. So Kubitz is definitely gone for yeah. 2020. I think Grosjean's out of Haas already. Yeah, I think I think, I think he was. I think he was uh, an afterthought this year. Yeah. Uh, because it, 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 I still think it's strange that Haas announced their driver lineup the day after Alpha announced Giovinazzi as Raikkonen's teammate. I'm not convinced Giovinazzi's safe yet. Uh, no. Half, almost Excuse halfway me. through uh, through a Formula One season, and a point does not a Formula One driver make. No, no, he's um, struggled a little bit in his first mm-hmm. half of the season, but we'll it see. might it might that might be the turning point, getting a point. You know, I, I hope that's the case. Yeah, well, he's, he's, maybe, maybe maybe you do improve once you have your first haircut, and God knows how long. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. You might have <laughs> <laughs> Toro Rosso, Kvyat, and Albon. You reckon one of them might move up to the big boy team before the end of the year? See, I or, reckon on next year. I think Kvyat will be one of the guys on the shopping list for the other mid-grid teams, or Williams, or something like that. Because yeah, I can't see him going to Red Bull. No, and it doesn't make sense for him to stay in a Toro Rosso. I mean, Helmut Marco said it's not completely out of the question, and Red Bull wouldn't. Red Bull as an organisation wouldn't be losing face by moving Kvyat back up to the big team. It I actually think it'd be a terrible decision for Kvyat to make. Yeah, I think you're right. He would he would crack under the pressure again. Yeah. I don't know that he cracked under the pressure. Last time, I think he made. I think he had like a, a couple of bad races, and they were just like, "Well, Max is in the team below, so off you go." I think essentially sacrificing him to give Max Verstappen that first win was probably the the tipping point, wasn't it? Yeah, of course it was. Yeah. And then of course, getting the getting the phone call from Brandon Hartley saying, um, "Hello, I've got pl- plenty of experience in endurance racing. Can I drive your car?" Yeah, yeah, but Danny Kvyat. Oh, are the two Toro Rosso drivers, bearing in mind they've moved Gasly up too soon and have admitted it, we give you over Albon at the moment. Yeah, Albon's yeah. a good driver, but he's not Red Bull ready yet. He's uh, see, this is what I worry for either of them to go to the Red Bull team, like big team, is that Max Verstappen is on such form, and they are. Who knows how good Albon's going to going to be, but. Uh, Kvyat is a mid-grid Formula One driver. Yeah, yeah, but he's hassling Gasly in Toro. In, you know, in yeah. Toro, if you know what I mean. He's, he's in a, a lesser inverted commas car. Oh yeah, yeah. But I think anyone that goes up to that team right now might end up just being Max's Max fodder. Yeah. yeah. Watch out for Naoki Yamamoto, who Good is name. a Honda-owned driver, uh, reigning like Su- Nobuharu Matsushita. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but he's reigning Super Formula and Super GT champion, mm-hmm. Jensen Button's teammate. Oh, he was, yeah. yeah, he was going to say Yamamoto was the Jensen Button's teammate. Yeah, yeah. In, now, last now you year. mentioned because Jensen Button actually t- turned around and said that he, he, desa- he deserves to go. go. Yeah, um, he has got a full Super License eligibility mm-hmm. with everything he's won in Japan. Now and if, his experience in Japanese racing. Yeah. <laughs> 
and endurance Japanese racing. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, with it being Japanese endurance racing, is more efficient and takes less time than every other endurance race. But shorter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, he's eligible for a super licence, and he's got masses of Honda backing. And I think he's an outside, outside chance to go into a Honda-powered car next year. Well... It Honda, makes sense. Honda said when they came into Formula One that they wanted to get a Japanese driver in, didn't yeah. they? But I don't know that Toro Rosso are going to change their lineup for next year. I don't know that they will. I think I think Kvyat is. I mean, well, they are because I'm almost convinced that your man, t- um, not Tickton, Award is going to get into a car. I think he. I think they're going to give him um, a year. Well, the rest of this year in Super Formula. And then a year in F2, and then move him up. How old is he? 20. Oh, so he's still young there enough isn't, to do that. There isn't enough seats in Formula 1 for all this. Don't know. They, well, this is the problem with driver programs now. Yeah, this is it. Um, who's who's next? I'm trying to look at last. Renault, we've already kind of spoken about. Racing Point's a good one. Mm-hmm. I think... Is Perez on his way out? I think Perez is going, and I think Perez will turn up in another team. Because... I think Perez might turn up in a Haas. He could very easily take his back. I in. think he'd be stupid to leave Racing Point. I don't, right think now. I don't think he's got a choice. I think the Racing Point want that to become Team Canada. Maybe, maybe, maybe they want Latifi in the car. Yep. But I, I also, but wouldn't. with Latifi's ties to Williams, yeah, and his dad's ties to McLaren. Also, I wouldn't give. Um, I wouldn't discount the loyalty that team will show to Perez after what he's done. The, th- the thing is, though, it's not a question of the team showing loyalty to him and wanting to keep him. It's where he wants to go because he has got a sizable amount of money behind him. Yeah, but I think he'd be a fool to leave uh, Racing Point. When you look at the facilities they're investing into for next year, he like they've got a hangover from where their car was. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's obvious that the problems that they've got this season go back to go back to last year and probably beyond. Yeah. But, you know, it's what coverage do Perez's backers want for all those names that they get on the car through him driving it? Yeah, but they're not... And where's, they're, it, where's it good for him? But they've been in Formula 1 for a while now and they've seen what Force India could do with a low budget and the threat of imminent claps around them at all times. So what can that team do with a, with a budget... And some security behind it. Well, the thing is, I don't think they need the budget. I just don't think they need it. I think all the the, the Canadian money that's coming in, the sponsorship deals they'll probably be working on, mm-hmm. that car's going to look totally different next year. Oh, yeah, you're probably right, but I still think they'll show some loyalty to... If he wants to stay there, they'll show some loyalty to the driver. I'm unsure. Um, Stroll definitely will be there, but I don't think... I'm not entirely sure Perez will. I also, I, don't, I think they'll want some sort of uh, stability there because... They're still a Formula One team that want results, and right now they can't count, count on Stroll can't Stroll qualify. To give results. No, he can't no. qualify. He's not bad in races, but he's, he can't qualify. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, I think the only reason he's close to Sergio Perez in any way, shape, or form is because the the car is a heap of shit. Mm. Uh, I think as soon as that car is anywhere near good, like Perez will be off in the distance again, and Stroll will still be sixteenth. Yeah, I could see Perez going to runner. That's a possibility. If a seat opens up, but again, Renault, do, do Renault need the money? They don't really need the money. The, the, the money. Nope. So I, 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 s- I could see maybe Perez to Renault and Hulkenberg back to Racing Point. I 
think that would be a good move for Racing Point. Yeah, I, could, I can't see that. I can't see that being outside the realms of possibility. But I don't know why Hulkenberg would go to Racing Point. But I can think of twenty million reasons that he do he, that. He could just ask for more money and stay at Renault because eventually, if they stay, they'll get it right. Which is exactly why Ricardo's there, and I and I, and I think that's correct. You yeah, think, but it, you, it's got to hurt right, that he's though. being paid Eventually. so much less than his teammate. Yeah, probably. But why are they going to get it right this time around? Because it's re- when have Renault not got it right in Formula One? Um, since the Alonso drove the blue car. Since that's how long it's been. They won races when Alonso drove the white car. He won one or two two races that season in a car that shouldn't have won races one of them was okay fine fair enough <laughs> one of yeah. them he really shouldn't have won yeah one of them he really shouldn't have but won but he knew nothing about it and didn't see it yeah, but, and you, but he, if you look at that for being like a proper race winning car with uh, with championship potential Christ almighty they, had clo- they were closer to winning the championship when they were Lotus when Renault was when Renault was a Formula 1 team in mm. the 80s they won when Renault was a Formula 1 team in the early 2000s, they won. Mm-hmm. And then they're back again as a Formula 1 team. They'll, they'll, they will get it right. They've provided world championship and race winning engines in the past. I know what you're saying because I've, I've said exactly the same thing as you have. But I worry because if, if your team's going to do something like that, you expect to see steady progress. What you've seen is a bit of progress from Renault and then a big stumble backwards. I can't remember who sent the tweet, but we're actually a year out with the Renault predictions. This is year four. This is the year that they should be challenging for wins. Right. Yeah. This is what they said, wasn't it? They wanted wins, but no. Pod- podiums in year three, wins in year four, championships in year five. Mm. Not, so no, they're, not even fur- they're even further off the schedule than we actually had them down as. Yeah. I mean, I'd argue that if... They've obviously... I, I know that you've got to give, like, same spec engines to teams with software and stuff like that but it's clear that if you've got a Renault engine with Renault guys you're probably going to get more out of your engine than a customer team um, I, I wonder whether there's been there's some sort of brain drain in the design department of that team maybe who knows but I mean the development they're usually very good at developing I mean, last, last been in the last two years last year how many how many new design staff did Renault take on Mm. I'll take a couple of years to, to come to fruition. Maybe, maybe. And all the stuff that they hired. Alfa Romeo, who think Raikkonen's going to stay there next year. He's got a contract, Danny. Unless he gets called back up to Ferrari. I still think that's why he got a two year contract with. Who, who would, if Giovinazzi were to go, who would replace him? That's the only thing. If they decided Giovinazzi was no good. I mean, Ferrari get to fill one of the seats, and we've now established that it's Giovinazzi's seat that Ferrari have filled. Kimmy is there. Through his own volition, Ferrari don't really have anyone coming through the junior ranks. Pietro uh, Fittipaldi, but he's not ready yet. Well, he's he's in with Haas. He's Haas's uh, well sim pet project. Yeah, Could you I not? think that the possibilities there would be Kvyat mm-hmm. and um, what's his face? Oh God, I've just thought they have got somebody, haven't they? Ferrari have got Brendan Hartley at the minute. No, I, I wasn't. <laughs> and Pascal Verlein. Pascal Verlein, I was thinking, yeah. Marc Genet. <laughs> Marc Genet put the Ferrari up the hill at Goodwood. Yep, they were giving him a test. Mm. Can you get it up there in the right no. face in the right direction? Although You've Pas- got to drive. Pascal Verlein was driving the 2012 Ferrari round Nürburgring mm-hmm. with full pit crew this weekend. As right. if he was practising for something. Yeah. To be Ferrari's Karun Chandok. Formula E. <laughs> um, I, I, I think... Ferrari are pretty handy at picking up other teams' drivers, aren't they? 
don't Ferrari have some ownership of Stoffel these days as well? I've no idea about Stoffel. No idea. Mercedes have some ownership of him, don't they? Yeah, he's, he's in an HWA. Yeah. 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 Yes, he is. Sorry. Completely wrong. I, I wouldn't think that... When you look at the drivers that they've picked up in the past, like um, Gutierrez and uh, stuff like that, I don't... Gutierrez is now at Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, they, they picked other drivers up, you know, when they fell out of programs. Yeah, yeah. I, Ocon doesn't not sort of fit the Ferrari shape think, to me. I think he'd, yeah, he could do well in a Sauber. In yeah. A Alpha. Alpha managed by Sauber. Because mm. <laughs> it's, it's still <laughs> Sauber. <laughs> Just the team is called Alpha. Yeah. It's still Sauber. This is the thing. Um, I, I, but the Sauber Junior team isn't run by Sauber. That's Sharoos. Yes. <laughs> I do believe that. Like Ocon deserves another go in Formula One. I don't, I, I, I don't know if he helped himself, you know, because apparently it was really difficult to get on with. Kept crashing into his teammate, all that sort of stuff. But uh, I, I think at worst he'd be a good midfield driver. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he deserves a go in it. Like I think some something like an Alpha would be it. I do, I do think. I, I remember saying ages ago, didn't I, that I thought Mercedes had lost faith in Ocon. Yeah. Um, and George. Although you can't really see it with him being in Williams, he seems to be doing a fine job at the moment. Yeah, and and he's, everyone, he's, everybody's on side with George because he appears to be, you know, no, you don't hear any stories, do you, that Russell's difficult to work with or, nope. you know, um, we did hear that about Ocon um, and Pas- uh, remember Princess Pascal as yeah. well because apparently Fairline yeah. was quite difficult to work with. Um, but... Uh, Russell's always very positive about his weekends. I've said it before, but I don't mind repeating myself. That if you if you look at his Instagram, you know he might finish nineteenth with Kubica behind him, and he, he always puts on Instagram or Twitter. Oh, D- difficult weekend, but we're moving forwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, difficult weekend. Go had a, had right a good direction. battle with Grosjean for a few laps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently Russell's great the guy. fun until we start getting lapped. Apparently moving Russell's on. the guy that the like people in the know in the pit lane are putting their sneaky little bets on to go, you know, that he's going to do like a surprise qualifying somewhere where he nails a couple of Toro Rossos or something like that. Um, and I think if if people in the paddock think of him that highly that he can drag that car up somewhere. I'm just waiting for the qualifying this season where he had qualified Stroll and I just want to see the fallout of that. I, I think that'll happen. I think, I, I think you might see a race where Haas particularly struggle, you know, in qualifying as well as the race. Has yeah, and um, and force India struggle as well, and you might see him up, you know, a couple of spots ahead. First proper wet race might be interesting. Yes, yeah, yeah. full on wet weekend. Yeah, good drivers tend to be really good in the wet. Yeah, well, even, even said Silverstone that. this weekend might might be because we, we've yeah. had such good weather in the UK and good weather in the UK. I generally did look at, at the moment; it says it's going to be dry. Ends at the with a downpour at some point. Yeah, uh, but even the fact it's been resurfaced, if it's warm and it, it might not have to be wet, but if there's it's, if it's a low grip surface, that might be enough to sort of equalise some of the issues. I was going to say with the wet with the wet race thing though. I remember last year's Daytona 24, Team Lando, Nando, and Hando. Hando. 
uh, Lando was out when it rained for the hour he was in the car yeah. and he was catching the leader of the race at yeah, one yeah. second per lap. L- Lando's probably pretty <laughs> handy in the old wet He's got stuff. the old British thing of being pretty good when it's raining. Yeah. <laughs> We're well practiced at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at Jensen Button. Jensen Button was, was amazing in the wet. Yeah. Purely because his dad refused to buy him wet weather tyres when he was karting. So no, I, you will I learn to drive on slicks when it's raining. An argument to be made that him and Schumacher are the two best wet weather drivers in modern Formula One. The Rainmeister, yeah. Michael Schumacher, yeah. Couldn't just be the you know, the Rainmaster or really good in the wet. No. <laughs> Had to be the Rainmeister. Even though technically it should be the Reaganmeister. Reaganmeister, yeah, should have been, yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's what Rain is in German. Reagan. I know. Um, are, we, are we done all the teams now? <laughs> no, well, McLaren, don't see any of them moving. McLaren no, aren't I, I think they've got a good team there. Yeah. Ferrari remains to be seen. Red Bull, pretty sure at the moment. Gasly might not be there. And Mercedes remains to be seen on Bottas's performances for Ooh, the rest of the year. Renault a... don't have any weaknesses in their team. Driver-wise, no. But they have said that they're going to look past Hulkenberg. Yeah. Is that is that his choice or is that their choice? And I think it's his. Maybe he's not the. He doesn't seem to be the happy Nico Hulkenberg that he has been. And he's, he has always, uh, not always, he has also said that he believes that the car development is going away from what he needs. Could see him in IndyCar, fighting with Ericsson again. Physically. I think, I think, Physically. He, I think he'll stay in Formula One. I think he's too, I think he's too, he's too good a, a driver, and given his lack of results, he's too cheap for a team not to take up. Talking, talking to Marcus Ericsson, he's been back in a Formula One car doing Pirelli tests. Yeah, he's not. Come I back don't to think we'll one. see him back on the grid. Want to look who Pirelli's first test drivers were? Pastor Maldonado and Jerome D'Ambrosio. Yeah, there's some two well-versed quali- uh, well-versed Formula One drivers for you. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, Maldonado I mean, did actually win a race. Yeah, we all still miss Maldonado just for the Pastor disaster predictor. Absolutely. Not only did it rhyme, it was fun. Yeah, that that, that was one of the best parts of the early days of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Lap one. Turn one. <laughs> Lance Stroll has not lived up to the disaster, you know. No. The disaster. Lap one, turn one. The disaster all... artist. Yeah. <laughs> Lap one, turn one was almost the cheat code for that game. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah these days it's, will Stroll qualify in 16th? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, it was good one this weekend. It was, and there were some interesting things going on. Nick Heidfeld's record from the McLaren F1 car from what 99 in long time ago yeah. when he when, when he Heidfeld was, was young when he was a McLaren junior driver yeah that uh, it was it was broken but not officially in fact this, this is how long ago it was when Nick Heidfeld was racing an F3000 in a McLaren liveried car well there you go yeah wow. that's um F3000 which then became nothing G- for a little while and then became GP2 and then was F2 yeah was Hamilton the last former 3000 champion no, you won GP2. No, I think it was GP2, was it? Was it Nick, Nico Hulkenberg? Oh, I, can't I am going to have to look this up, aren't I? I remember Jamie Davis being in uh, Formula 3000. I always thought he knew he deserved to go in Formula 1. He, he, won, he won the World Championship. I remember watching Formula 3000 on Eurosport. Mm. The, uh, he had a great race around Monaco. He absolutely fucking trounced it. Yeah, the... Um, but, I can't remember what we were talking about. Formula 3000 or Nick Goodwood. We're talking about Goodwood. 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 Yeah, there we go. Uh, just, just had to cycle back. Yeah, no, I watched, I watched quite a bit of Goodwood. With some... Just before we do, last F3000 champion, Vitantonio Liuzzi. 
Oh, Liuzzi, okay. And he went on to have that fabulous... No. Fabulous oh. crash with Michael Schumacher in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But yeah, Goodwood was... Uh, there's always quite a strong Formula 1 presence at Goodwood. Esteban Ocon and Valtteri Bottas were, were there for Mercedes. Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris were there for, for McLaren, so they, they took both their race drivers there. Lots of, of, of Formula 1 stuff there. I noticed some some listeners to the podcast were, were actually at Goodwood. Yeah, I think I saw a couple of photos from uh, Niall Slim Drew. Yeah, and Instagram videos as well. Saw some of the, I don't know who was driving the Red Bull, but somebody took the, the, the RB8 up the hill and it's did some donuts like the, in the wet. Not like the shots on drivers. Well, no, well, they are a little bit at the moment. Um, yeah, but still kind of on David Coulthard, don't they? Well, I suppose there is that. But it wasn't DC. It might have been Buemi, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, he's still a reserve driver, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we never mentioned him coming back. No, it's not happening. That's why. <laughs> Jean-Eric Verne. There's more chance of Julian Palmer coming back. <laughs> Spoiler, there's no chance of Julian Palmer coming back. <laughs> but yeah, the um the the, the years old um record in a MP four thirteen, I think it was so that'd be Hakkinen's winning McLaren uh championship winning McLaren that Nick Heinfeld set the set the record in was broken on the Saturday, but on the Sunday it rained and you have to set the record on the Sunday for it to count. Uh and it, the, the the electric Volkswagen, which is just insanely fast, did not break and Nick Heifel's record on the Sunday, but did on the Saturday. But as Goodwood have now changed the rules on the hill climb, that is going to be the fastest Formula One car ever because you now can't go for the lap record in a Formula One car. They say for health and safety, it's not. It's for money. I, I'm i arguing that it's for health and safety as well because if you get an off in a Formula One car, that fucking hay bale is doing absolutely nothing well, for not the people. That, 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 ele- <laughs> that electric car that went up was, was much faster than Nick Heidfeld's running the McLaren 20 years ago. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Cameras could barely keep up with it. Okay. And as you said, so the top, uh, the, the top two cars were, were electric, I think. No, no, the top two cars were Volkswagens, but the, but the, but the winner was a, was an, an electric Volkswagen built so, specifically. So a Volkswagen. Ah, very good. That you can't count that. Still on six, <laughs> but, but the extreme E as well. The um, there's the the Gilles de Ferran setup um, motorsport got uh, a little bit of a run as well. Like these um, strange Paris Dakar looking uh, vehicles, which are all running on electric, but will race on like off road circuits in really weird places around the world. There's going to be an Indian Ocean um, round. So I don't know if that means in the sea or round an island or or what. Formula amphibious. And apparently, mm. it's to bring it's to bring to uh, bring to the fore through racing that there are problems with the environment around the world. Yes, because there's cars in the sea. Well, <laughs> seven. <laughs> Thing is that they're all getting shipped. They're all getting shipped on an electric ship as well. So an electric solar powered ship will be transporting these electric powered cars to these places where they're going to do races. Call me cynical. But would you want to be on an electric ship? Bearing in mind, electricity and water aren't exactly the best of friends. Well, they can't. They, they are a little <laughs> bit. Salt water and electricity go quite well together. Yeah, yeah, too well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, an electric ship sounds fine. Just don't make sure it doesn't sink. Electric well, eels don't electrocute themselves. Although, so. although I don't don't know it, how. science can't actually explain it. <laughs> although it does sound like a bad prog album. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> Isn't that weird? The, the electric eels can't electrocute themselves. Yeah, like the science can't explain it. Very strange. Mm-hmm. But why don't sheep shrink when it rains? When wool does. 
Perhaps All it this. never rains where the sheep are. <laughs> All this and more on three legs, four questions. <laughs> We've turned it the lowest rent version of QI going. <laughs> Dan kind of looks a bit like Michael Stevens from Vsauce. We can maybe start our own Vsauce channel. Vsauce, three legs, four wheels. I don't know what Vsauce is. It's a good science channel on, on, on YouTube, yeah. I, th- I thought that was like special shell petrol that you can't get over it. Yeah. Oh. That, it's called V-something, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. V-power, that's I, it. I've done enough conspiracy damage to my YouTube thing that no real science gets through my filter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, would, I would love to make it to Goodwood one of these days. I'd love to go to Goodwood. Yeah, it would be it would be nice. It's been going since '93, I think. Now the Festival of Speed. There's mm. also the Goodwood Revival. I think at the end of the summer, where you, it's it's advised that you dress up in in '40s '50s style gear and, and and go and have a look at all the the really old stuff that they take to to Goodwood Revival. But it's the Duke of something, isn't it? I can't remember. Mm. Richmond is it? Richmond. That's Duke it. I was, of Rich- gonna, I was gonna say Marlborough, but that's a the Duke of Richmond basically Duke. lets his front garden be used for this event. Um, because he loves motorsport so much. I mean, the, 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 just the, the, the sheer difference in machinery. You see, like, 27-litre Bugattis from, like, the 1920s, mm. like, hurtling up the hill, going as fast as they can, which isn't, let's be honest, very fast. Um, by modern standards. But wear ear protection when they're going past you. Yeah, but by modern standards. But then you've got, you know, just, just everything and anything. It, you, I really think that Goodwood, as a festival of speed, I don't know if it's sold out every year, but... It's it, it should get the international recognition that it deserves, and I, I get the feeling it's just a very British thing. Goodwood. I don't think a lot of people outside of the UK have probably probably heard of it, but really know exactly what goes into it. Right, our mission for next year: try to get there. I think it might be a decent uh, event as well if we were to try and organise some sort of like UK listener meetup. Might be because we're at Goodwood. We, we've got a few listeners that go to Goodwood. Yeah, so it's a damn sight cheaper than going to Silverstone. Damn sight cheaper going to Silverstone, and we well, might, maybe we might get within <laughs> sniffing distance of a driver or two. Possibly, we did get some interviews that, from there last year, thanks to our friends at UK Car Talk. Yes, well, we'd have gone, wouldn't it, if we had more than twenty-four hours notice? Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> yeah. Got got the email on the Wednesday. You guys going to Goodwood this year? Damn, didn't yeah. see the adverts. <laughs> um, trying to get off the island last minute, you know. Um, you you can't sell your kidneys, I and can't. I'm, tr- I'm no, tr- nobody wants them. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm trying to hang on to the ones I've got left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can live with only one heart, can't you? Yes. Oh right, that's okay. I can sell one. I that's can sell that's fine, doctor. You carry on. <laughs> What is it, what, how many two hearts is it, Doctor? Who's got a nine? Two or three? I can't no, it's nine th- lives. It's two. No, uh, more than nine lives. Now they keep cha- they keep changing the story every time. Right, it's okay. a cat that's got nine lives. Yeah, Doctor Cat. There we go. <laughs> anyway, back to what we were talking back to, about. Uh, back to uh, back to things before wheels rather than nine legs. Um, right, British Grand Prix this weekend. It is. Yes. At Silverstone, at least for now, yeah. as we've already discussed. Or, or, pos- or possibly for longer than that. Rewind and have a listen. Just tell us what I said, will you? Yeah. <laughs> Seven and a half. Lots. Of, we all know the circuit quite well, don't we? From the Formula Lee and, and, and various other racing games. It changed a bit. What was it, about five, six years ago now? Mm-hmm. They changed yeah. the infield bit. And built that 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 wing. It's very paddock it's, thing. It's pretty impressive when you see. I, well, it. I didn't like it at first. I've grown to mm. grown to like it because they changed this to where the start line was as well. And I was yeah. very much against that. I am not a fan of the doors going into the press center because the static electricity shock that I got off them mm. was horrendous. 
No, it also it also didn't help my cause. I was standing there shaking my hand and swearing right in front of Ted Kravitz. Note to everyone else: nobody else seemed to have a problem. I Just get, Paul. <laughs> I, I get static shocks of everything. Seriously, I was um I was I was in a supermarket. Stop Doris there. <laughs> I was in a supermarket the other day and I was I was buying some beer in cans. I got static shocks off the cans as I was picking them off the shelf. That's body rejection. Steel cans. Yeah. And I was getting static shocks off them. Who uses steel cans? I got a static shock off the um, handrail on an escalator. That happens. Yeah. He's glossing over the steel bit, isn't he? But But anyway. But anyway, no, I I get static shocks off beer cans. Formula One again. Yeah. 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 British Grand Prix. Fast circuit, fast corners. um, Tricky corners. Uh, a couple of tricky corners. The, the longest, um, the longest DRS section with corners in there for anyone that's got the cojones for it, because you can take the first two corners without breaking and without closing your DRS in the game. No, in real life. Can you? Yeah, uh, Lewis Hamilton said it last year. It is possible to do. You've got, you've got to get it absolutely spot on, otherwise you'll find yourself upside down. I, I don't know if I believe that. You. That might have been a bit of gamesmanship. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Vettel, oh, Vettel, oh, yeah, you, you can totally take these corners flat out. No, Vettel agreed with him. Hmm, yeah, but maybe it was a bit of gamesmanship between <laughs> them. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, but then, of course, as soon as you get around the first couple of turns and you do hit the the very first proper braking zone, you've then got another DRS section right after that. Mm. Uh, is there three DRS zones in Silverstone? Uh, yep, start, finish, hangar straight, Mullington straight. Yeah. Um, I can remember. To see, this is the thing with the British Grand Prix. Everybody's home Grand Prix is bigger in their country, isn't it? But mm. the British Grand Prix for me, I can remember the '91 British Grand Prix quite well because that's when Senna and Mansell, you know, Senna got the lift with Mansell because yeah. he broke, ran yeah. out of fuel on the last lap. And Sean Kelly um, posted a, a photo on Twitter this week of um, the old graphics that they used to use, which became the precursor for like the column. You know, like, where you got the three yeah. three letter yeah, abbreviations, yeah, yeah. but back then it was just the car and the number and what position they were in. So it was it was like the the, the blue and yellow Williams five one. So it was. <laughs> Obviously, the blue and yellow Williams of five. Nigel Mansell was yeah. was in position one. And, bear, and bearing in mind there were these graphics of the cars in steamingly low definition television. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. totally. Yeah. Eurosport levels I'd, of definition. <laughs> I tried to guess them all because he had like seven or eight drivers on there, and and, and I guessed right up until the last car. I couldn't get the, the last few. I was just like someone in a Jordan, and I don't know what the last <laughs> car is. Uh, but he filled in the blanks for me. Being so, so thanks very much for that virtual stat man, mm. Sean Kelly. Um, who will be at Silverstone this weekend? Of course he will. Yeah, he'll be there. Yeah, I'm going to try and get him for one of the uh, pre-race chats. That'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, so what what do we think then? It's been last year was Vettel's win, wasn't it? Ferrari finally mm. breaking the Hamilton streak of like a million wins in a row. <laughs> yeah. Uh, normal service resume for Mercedes after Austria, given that it was overheating problems, and I think so. Yeah, or, or was it I, following the cars that caused her overheating and they masked it using the weather? No, I, I think it will be cooler at Silverstone than it was in Austria. Yeah. And I think Mercedes will probably be up there. With the surface just having been uh, resurfaced, well, I we, reckon well, it's... We, we, think it, we think it's complete. We hope mm. it's complete. But, yeah, there might be little signs that have the, the men doing the digging and saying, <laughs> avoid this bit of... Uh, yeah. 
ramp. Would we imagine that's going to go against Ferrari trying to heat the tyres up? I don't. Yeah, it's an unknown quantity because we don't know what kind of tarmac they've used. I I think it will hurt the teams that are having trouble with their tyres more than it hurts the ones that are on top of them. With new tarmac, new tarmac like lifts oil and stuff yep, yeah, from yeah, the tar yeah. like like the it thinner takes a couple oil. of years to get that get rid of that the thinner oils always come to the to the very top if you ever see like when you had your road resurfaced out here like yep. the 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 night that it was finished it was covered in a film yeah, yeah yeah covered in a film of of like new oil because mm-hmm. after a little while after it settled like the the obviously the guys laying tarmac will know this yeah but like It'd be interesting to deal to see how the teams deal with it and how what kind of tires, how the tires, sorry, react to this kind of surface. Wasn't there an odd thing with Texas when they resurfaced the track that not only did you get more oil than normal, but they it took did, longer to get rid of it? They didn't resurface; they diamond ground it. Right. Okay. Muscle GP wanted it resurfacing. Yeah. And Cota didn't do that they just ground it down because MotoGP wanted a grippier surface right okay and they spent the whole month in the build up to the race just bitching about the quality of tarmac right because it's oh, it's been, it's been designed for F1 cars where, where an afterthought which I don't think was the case it was just MotoGP being I, d- I do, you do. Pe- not as many people watch MotoGP as they do Formula 1 sorry yeah. it's just the way the world works I mean don't, don't forget there's a hell of a lot more four-wheeled series run at Circuit yeah. of the Americas than two-wheeled ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but Silverstone has been resurfaced because of MotoGP after the um, complete debacle last year with the new surface as was then. Yeah. Mm. Um, not draining, and there being standing water sort of everywhere two, two hours after it had stopped raining. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, for those two hours that it didn't rain. Mm. Yeah, so apparently this, uh, the, the new surface deals with that a lot better, but I mean, not expecting rain. I would, however, expect them to be constantly using road sweepers to hose down that new tarmac and sweep it up because it's going to need some cleaning. And it's going to be, for you know, using an actual technical racing term, it's going to be a very green circuit because it, nothing has raced on it yet. There's no rubber laid down from anything at any point. Yeah, whatsoever I think, I think the um, so the, the racing lines may change ever so slightly the f- the first first racing racing speed cars that are going out on it are going to be the F3s and um, possibly the Porsches oh Super Cup's not a support race is it sad to say <laughs> yeah but that's that's when you that's when you go make a make a brew or have lunch just leave just, yeah just, just go away <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've left something in the tent what is it my enthusiasm for the Porsche Super Cup. It's so weird watching them. Like when you watch, like when, when Formula One cars used to do, like the shakedowns. I was at a circuit. I watched Formula One cars Sunday morning. Cars, yeah, do, yeah, do the shakedown laps. Then the Porsche Super Car Cups would come out. So if you're on a straight, you'd be looking at this Porsche coming coming towards you after seeing the Formula for an One hour. Car, nail it. Yeah, you go. Like, Is it moving? <laughs> Have they stopped? I don't. Is everyone else moving? Am I have I slipped in some sort of time bubble? Yeah. <laughs> Am I just going backwards? <laughs> and then a swarm of bees go past you, and it's actually you realise that was the Porsche Super Cup race. And then you realise the Porsche isn't moving because somebody stuffed it into a wall. I kept expecting Al to turn up and give me orders from Ziggy. <laughs> uh, shall we do some predictions? We can do. Don't have all the predictions because Sean hasn't actually told me what hers are let's make it jump up for cut. so we're gonna we're gonna i'll jump cut sean's in so sean chose 
Sean actually chose Vettel, Bottas and Hamilton because she forgot to uh, tell me them before we set off last night. End of the jump cut. That was Sean's choice. And we have a guest predictor this week. Who's our guest predictor? It is um, from Twitter, Girl in the Pit Lane. At pitlane underscore girl. Oh, yes. Who runs the funniest tweet competition during uh, during the race, which is always good for a laugh every week. You'd hope it would be. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. Some some of them aren't. Usually mine. And uh, tends to join in with uh, with us on the uh, on the live blog and chatting on social media during yes. the race. And she has gone for... I'll read the message. I reckon it could well be a Merc Ferrari fight, but I'm useless as they come when it comes to predicting... But for safe-ish predictions, I'm going Hamilton, Vettel, Bottas. I'll be so totally wrong, though. Mm. Right. Anybody Anybody else going for it? Yeah, go on, then. Unless Dan, Dan looked like he was about to go for it. Yeah, I go was going to say, I reckon we might have an on-form Bottas this weekend. So, but I don't Bottas reckon... Bottas 2.0? Or Bottas but, 1.8? Bottas... Windows 95. Yeah, but... Bottas 1.8, he won't be quite good enough to have the edge on Hamilton. So, Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. I'm disagreeing with Dan. I think Bottas 2.0's firmware was unstable. They've had to roll it back. And uh, he's going to be normal Bottas, probably qualifying fifth and finishing third. Uh, Hamilton's going to win the race. And Verstappen will be second. So you said who's going to be third? Bottas. Bottas. Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas. I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for a Hamilton win. I think Sebastian Vettel will be second because I think that they will be quite close. Uh, I think they're going to struggle with tyres. And I think Lando Norris. We'll take third. That Ooh, would be amazing. That is, that is brave. I'll definitely have a bet on it. Like. Yep. <laughs> see what the odds are. Yeah. Right. Because that McLaren, the reason I say that is that that McLaren has been pointed out as being exceptional in high-speed corners. Yeah. Now, this is the first circuit we go to. Scott, good high-speed corners. corners. Now, it is a gamble. It's a risk because we don't know what the tyres are going to yeah. be on this new surface. But let's just say, for argument's sake, that, that McLaren works really well on these other tyres. It's got all the, it's got all the uh, hope and boldness of one of my predictions. Yes, it does. <laughs> and the... Home crowd at Silverstone is worth. Was well, it Mansell said they're worth about half a second a lap? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's that's where that yeah. all the whole concept comes from. Yeah, I mean, Lando I mean, does it, seem to be properly on top of it now as well. I think he'll qualify fifth or sixth again. Yeah, make, you know, roughly round there. And hey, then, he just seems to be the boy qualifying though, doesn't he? Yeah, and even if he doesn't, yeah. then he'll have a decent race and he'll be right up there mm-hmm. when it matters. I reckon we'll definitely see both McLarens in Q three. I think we'll see Vettel struggle. I think he's going to have yet more sort of compounding issues where he's not really on the pace and things aren't suiting him and his head's dropped. I think we might see a bit of a resurgence. This is why I'm going for I'm going for a Hamilton win. Yeah. Um, fastest driver in the fastest car in front of his home crowd. Are we all hammer time finishes? Are we all hammer time wins? I oh, think so. I think, yeah. No, I said Hamilton. Right. Yeah. And I'm going I'm going for Vettel second because mm-hmm. uh, I I think Vettel will finally get the race that he needs to start sorting his head out just in time for Germany where he's going to make up for last year 
But we'll talk about that in a fortnight. But he's got a terrible record of Germany. Yeah. <laughs> there is that. He's he's got something to prove. <laughs> and I think we'll get Verstappen in third. Ooh, three different teams. Yeah. Brave I th- predictions. I think I've done that. Three different teams. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is gonna be a complete mix and match on there. Um, we'll see how it turns out on Sunday. Obviously, if you're listening and you want to join in with the predictions, go to the website. Yeah. Go to the game section. Look for 2019 Prediction League and uh, log in with Facebook or Google. I think it still works with Twitter. Mm-hmm. Put your prediction in there and you also get to predict who you think will get the fastest lap and get pole position. And we'll need you to get your times in on the website up to five minutes before Q1 starts on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we will. Uh, we will see. Yep. Is it time to shunt? I think it is. I think it is well and truly shunt time. Our shunter Hi- hiding who? hiding all our devices so we can't be accused of looking things up. Our Th- shunter who shunts in heaven. <laughs> Hallowed be thy shunt. This was sent in by Tom Andrews, and it took me a good ten minutes to work out whether I'd already done it or not. So here we go. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Cheers. Be thank you. Cheers, a few Tom. Weeks ago. Or cheers, Tom again. <laughs> I was born. Yes. Yes. And he's he's done it properly as well because he's wrote, I was born, dot, 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 dot. Correct. <laughs> in 1977. Okay, so. Right. 32. Uh, 40, 42. 42. 42. That's the 32. ultimate answer you're looking for. Yeah. 32. Okay, I'm 34 and I wasn't born until 1984. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> uh, I am best known for oval racing. I'm going to throw something out here. I think this might be somebody American. What makes you say that? Or it could, racing. Or it could be somebody who does Speedway. So it could. I be think. I think you're going to enjoy the third. I think you're going to enjoy Jeff the Gordon. third question. I am American. <laughs> <laughs> well, that narrows it. Down. <laughs> Jeff Gordon's older than 42, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. I would like a guess. Oh, for God's sake! Really? Yeah. On that. On that. Yeah, an American that drives ovals that was born in a year. Do you not know yet? <laughs> do we do we know Sean's equivalent in IndyCar? <laughs> or NASCAR? Is it, yeah, I was going to say, is it Indy or is it NASCAR? Um, it's I don't con- know any NASCAR drivers. Um, Kurt Ke- Busch and Kyle Busch. Yeah. Kate Bush. Uh, and at least and at least two Out on the Wine <laughs> And at least two Dale Earnhardt's. <laughs> yeah. Senior and junior. Um Yeah, I've I've, I've not got a great day. You must have a, like two point five Jeff billion. Gordon. That'll do. That'll that'll do. We'll go we'll go with that one first. You've, you've I think also he got might like, be a bit older, but I think I'm almost certain he is. He'd also have about two point five billion Andretti's to go through. <laughs> Uh, I am best known for racing with a red livery, but I sometimes appear in blue. Lost. <laughs> bearing, in, bearing in mind, IndyCar drivers will oh. change liveries depending on how they're feeling. Dan had an ooh there. Like I, I, I had an ooh, but then the 1977 got rid of it. Who are you ooing? Wasn't one of the characters from Cars an answer a while ago? Oh, I've had Lightning McQueen before, haven't we? We've done this one before. <laughs> <laughs> we must have done, because that was Lightning McQueen. We have done this one before. <laughs> Shall I cut and we'll do another? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, because I was <laughs> feeling really smart there. I don't think we've done his one, actually. It must be 
Because I don't recognise his name. It must have and just... I, I don't remember the sometimes races in red, sometimes no. in blue. No. Shall, shall, we have, shall we have another bonus shunt? Uh, I wonder if I've done this one now. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Shall I do one? No, I've got it. I was going to say, because I've, I've, I've still got the reserve pile. Nah, I'm grand. I've got one. I was born. Yes. Still a good start. Who, uh, well, who's, who's this one, yeah. by the oh, way? Oh, sorry. Who's this one by? Uh, where's your name, mate? Come on. This is from a Mr. L. McQueen. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Stephen Colborn regular listener regular listener regular tweetist yeah I don't think we've done this one okay uh, he said, we said a couple he said, said one just really recently when were you born <laughs> uh, oh god he sent loads <laughs> <laughs> just one will do yeah, ju- just make sure you're reading all the clues from one I was born in 1985 so yeah, 34 this year. I have driven alongside drivers such as Sebastian Vettel and Sergio Perez. Possibly in lower formula. Maybe. I have been part of the Renault driver program. Mm. Um Nelson PK Jr. They'd be about the they'd be about the right age, wouldn't they? Yeah. Roman Grosjean. He's not quite thirty-four, is he? No, I think he's. I think he's about thirty-two. He's just been around a hell of a long time. Yeah, yeah. Go for PK Junior for the first guess. Can do. I am tall. I don't know if PK Junior was tall. Nico Hulkenberg. How old is he? Roughly the same. Uh, Hulkenberg, I got a feeling, was born in eighty-seven. Uh. Don't know why. Well, because that's like nine months after he was conceived. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do it. Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Hulkenberg. Um, I have been part of the McLaren Young Drivers Programme. So, Renault and McLaren. Renault and McLaren gets to be with a lot of teams. All right, okay. Uh this one kind of gives it away but here we are uh, I've been contracted to drive for two F1 teams at once why is there a silence I feel like I, should, I, th- I feel like we all should know that I've been contracted to drive for two F1 teams at once and Lee thinks that gives it away yeah apparently yeah Of course, what jumps to mind there is a team that contracted four drivers to drive for them at once. But I can't think of a driver who's been contracted to two teams. Sean's just sent the predictions in. Still jump cutting it, though. Um, How old did he say? 34. How old's Kubica? Wasn't part of the McLaren Young Driver program, there was he? Actually, might not have been. I'd like a guess. Everyone uh, I can think of is too, too young or too old. Yeah, I've got nothing at the moment. I joined. Oh no, you need a guess. Come on, Adrian Satil. 
I joined Twitter in 2009. Guido van That's a good effort. Good, good, good choice, actually, Dan, yeah. I made my Formula One debut in 2012. Still sounding like Guido van to me. My highest finish was 14th. Still, Still sounds like, like Guido, Guido van der Gaard. Haven't we done Guido van der Gaard? I think, I think we've done this one. I don't think we've done this one. <laughs> but we've had this answer. I'm sure we have. We might have had the driver before. Uh, I've raced for Caterham. Guido, Guido van der Gaard. I'm the Guido van der Gaard. Well done, Dan. Well, it's summer. It's repeat season. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sending in the shunts. And... Um, Continue Lee, to do so. How do people continue to send in shunts? Preferably with answers that aren't Guido van der Garden, Lightning McQueen. <laughs> uh, or Ben Collins. I've had five them. of those. Yeah, you could tweet <laughs> wow. them to me in a private message at a total shunt. And if you're not on Twitter, uh, you can either email them to you. Three legs, four wheels at gmail.com. Yeah, or you can, I suppose you could you send them in a private message to me on Instagram if you're on Instagram. That would work. And what are you on Instagram? I am at a total shunt. That can't that kind of makes sense. On brand. Oh, definitely. Um, just other ways of getting in touch. You've got the email address. Um, you can tweet the show at Three Legs Four Wheels, and you can get the rest of us individually at at Flood Twenty One, at Dan Dangleton, at Pablo One Hundred, and Sean is at Sean Cowper. Um, Apparently, oh, I already follow you on Instagram, Lee. I was not aware of this. <laughs> Forgot to mention earlier uh, the extra, the extra Patreon show that we do every week. I must start, we must start putting that in at, at the, the start. Beginning. Yeah, yeah, because no one's listening now. We're literally speaking to ourselves. Exactly. Apart from apart from anyone that wants a reminder on Formula Lee. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to do an intro with the Patreon details. On. Yeah. Nail nail that. Jump jump cut that. Jump. Cut I will jump. I will us. jump cut that into the beginning as well. This is going to be a show full of jump cuts tonight. Yeah. Oh, actually, no. If you've got to this stage and you're still listening, this has been a show full of jump cuts tonight. Um, just a reminder on Formula Lee, it's on F1 2019 at the moment, because it's out and it's good, and it's a lap of Silverstone in the dry in the ART F2 car, because we thought we'd give the F2 cars a bit of a go, and they're fun to drive. Um, right, we'll be back next week, we'll be doing the live qualifying and race blogs as usual, Saturday and Sunday. Yes. So, feel free to join us on the website, threelegsfourwheels.com for those, and, uh... We'll see what happens at Silverstone. But until then, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.